You're listening to Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. Enjoy. God bless you, people of God. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Destined Women Ministries, the podcast. I am so grateful that you decided to tune in and I pray that all the spiritual meat and all the spiritual food you are in need of, you receive it as you are listening today. May the Lord supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are good. You are the great and dreadful God. You are amazing. You are the high and lofty one, the alpha and the omega. You are amazing, wonderful, holy, pure, just good and just and holy and righteous. And we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing in the earth. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, you know exactly what we need to hear, the areas we need to grow in. And we're asking that you would teach us and impart into us and cause us to gain knowledge according to your perfect will for this season and the seasons to come, Lord. We want to be as mature as we can be. We don't want to miss anything. So we're asking God that you would impart into us so we can grow. Hallelujah. Impart into us for your glory. We don't want to pray the same way or pray with the same mind that we've been praying with for the past five years. We want to grow. We want to pray stronger. We want to pray with more understanding. We want to um, pray approaching you the right way, Lord. And even when we're fasting, we want to have understanding to what fasting grants us access to. And so, Lord, we're just asking that you would teach us according to your sovereignty, according to your omniscience in the name of Jesus. We love you. We thank you. We say, speak, Lord, because your servants are listening. And Lord, I'm asking God that this word be given and received with understanding in the name of Jesus that the enemy cannot come and take this word away from your people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is certainly good and his mercy, it truly does endure forever. And we thank him. Hallelujah. His truth endures unto all generations. He's such a holy God, such a wonderful God such a magnificent God, and we just thank him. Thank you, Jesus. So we are continuing with the topic of why we pray. We need to know why we're praying. We learned how to pray, right? How to approach God and um, those things. But now we want to know why we pray. And so we've already learned the first reason we pray is to route, cancel, and halt the plans of the enemy, that whatever the enemy has planned against us, we can stop it from happening through prayer. It's important when we receive words of prophecy to take heed to those words. And sometimes we hear things that we may not like and we think, you know, you know what? I'm not going to receive that because I don't like what the, the prophet said. But um, what I've personally personally learned because I've done that multiple times is that just because I don't understand it or like it or it may not be favorable for me at that time, it may apply to me at some point in the future. Amen. Amen. And so we want to pray to route the plans of the enemy, to cancel the plans of the enemy. The second reason we pray is to turn the hands of God's judgment. We looked at when the prophet Isaiah went to Hezekiah and we looked at when Daniel 
understood what was happening to his people and why they were in bondage after he read the book of Jeremiah. And we realized that um, these prophets understood that in prayer, with prayer, you can turn the hands of God's judgment. You can cause God to overturn a verdict that he pronounced against you. Hallelujah. Now, let us go on to the third point. We have a few scriptures that we're going to bounce around. But the third reason we pray, listen to this, is for understanding, is for guidance and strategy. So we pray for understanding, for guidance, for strategy. There is no situation that is off limits, y'all. There is no circumstance that is off limit where you say, you know what? I can't go to God and ask him to direct me in this area or give me understanding in this or guide me or give me strategy in this. I probably already told y'all, but I just find it so amazing that a woman, her husband left her almost for, for almost five years, a complete divorce, left her on her own with the children and everything. And he went on, met someone else and married that woman. But in prayer, this woman received strategy and guidance from the Lord. And she stuck to what God told her to do through prayer. And she got her husband back. Yes, he divorced the strange woman, glory to the name of the Lord, the, the foreign woman. And he went back to the wife of his youth, his first wife. Hallelujah. That happened through prayer. The Bible tells us that the fervent prayers of uh, the righteous or a righteous person um, availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. And let's turn to that while we are speaking about prayer. James 5, and we are going to start at the 16th verse. It says, I'm just going to read the latter clause of that 16th verse. It says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Glory to the name of the Lord. And it goes on to tell us that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave him, gave rain, excuse me, and the earth bore its fruit. He says, listen, Elijah was a regular human being just like you and I. Okay. But he prayed. And he changed the whole, he changed nature. He caused it to not rain. And then he prayed again and he caused it to rain. And this is the type of power that we have, that we can change the course of history. We can change things in this earth through prayer. Amen. Amen. This is what the Bible teaches us. So I want us to go into prayer empowered understanding why you are doing what you're doing, why you're being persistent, why you're believing God for what you're believing him for and why you are asking him for what you're asking him for. Now, scripture, some people may want to make you feel bad for going into prayer and saying, well, God, what should I, what am I supposed to do? Give me a strategy here. Give me guidance here because some people don't understand what they have access to in prayer. So we think it's just a time where we go to God and we just worship him. And that's good. We're supposed to do that. It's a time of connecting with him, impartation, intimacy with him and all of that. But prayer is also a means by which we gain understanding, guidance, and strategy. There are oftentimes people will pray and go into a vision and begin to see things and get understanding concerning things that are to come. And we are supposed to pray 
about those very things. So we pray for understanding, guidance, and strategy. Turn with me to Jeremiah 33 and 3. I'm going to be reading the English Standard Version for this Bible study. Jeremiah 33 and 3. And it says this, Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. God says, I will reveal mysteries to you when you begin to open up your mouth in prayer. I will reveal to you things that you have never known before. Great things, things that have been hidden where you've been looking around and wondering or your family member has has been looking around and saying, why is this happening? Why does this continue to happen to us? Why would this thing transpire the way that it did? God says, I will reveal the hidden things to you. If you pray to me, I will give you understanding. Do you hear that? So one of the reasons why we pray is for understanding. We sometimes get into a place of confusion and we're so accustomed to staying confused that we don't understand that we can go into prayer and receive answers for what is taking place. We can receive understanding for why things are happening the way they are happening. So prayer is not just a means that we use to um, be intimate with God. It's also a means used to communicate with the Lord and ask him things to call unto him so that he can show us stuff that we did not know previously. We gain understanding. We gain insight. We gain revelation through prayer. Listen to this. Listen to what Proverbs 28 and 5 says. It says, evil men do not understand justice. Evil men do does not understand righteousness. Evil people do not understand righteousness. Listen to this. But those who seek the Lord understand it completely. There are some people who will never understand God's standard, God's salvation, God's gospel, God's will for humanity. And it's their nature that makes them evil that, and they don't seek the Lord, right? So they don't understand his mysteries, but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. You do understand the gospel. You do understand God's salvation. You do understand God's plan. You do understand what God's will is for you and what you have access to. Why? Because you're seeking him because you're speaking with him. You're in communi communication with him. You are communing with his spirit in an intimate space. You are in the secret place with him and you understand completely. Evil people don't understand. Heathens don't understand. People who live in opposition to the ways of the Lord do not understand God's justice. But those who seek the Lord understand it completely. What am I uh, extracting from this? When you seek God, you gain understanding. When you seek God, you understand things completely. God's righteousness, things of the heaven, God will reveal things spiritual and natural to you if you seek him. So if there's something that you need understanding concerning, the answers will only be found through a prayer life. You need to pray and ask the Lord and the Lord will reveal it to you in his own way in his own time. Glory to God. Turn with me to Colossians. Colossians 1 and we're going to the ninth verse. So we're in the first chapter of Colossians 
and we're doing the ninth verse. I'm still turning there, as you can hear. Almost there. Okay, here we go. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I'll go just a little further. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. I'm going to read that again. Verses nine and 10. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with knowledge of his will and in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Why? So that you can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And I love how it says bearing fruit in every good work. Why? Because to me, that signifies that even if you do something wrong, that thing will not be able to bear fruit in your life. Glory to God, because you're walking in knowledge and you're walking in understanding and spiritual wisdom. Glory to God. This is why we pray. This is why Paul prayed. He said, I'm praying for you all. Okay. And I'm asking that you be filled with knowledge, spiritual wisdom, and understanding so that you can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in knowledge is, is crucial. It's of the utmost importance to the believer. It will take us from our old season into our new season. It will take us from a place of ignorance and confusion into a place of understanding and clarity. But that knowledge, that spiritual wisdom, that spiritual understanding, it only comes when we begin to pray and seek God for it. What does the Bible tell us in the book of James? If any man lacks wisdom, let him do what? Ask of God. If you need wisdom, if you need understanding, if you need guidance and strategy, you have to ask God. You have to go to the Lord in prayer. This is why we pray. This is the third reason for understanding, for guidance, for strategy. Sometimes there are things that we just don't understand. We don't get and we don't know. But when we begin to pray, the windows of heaven open and God begins to give us a supernatural response. Okay, turn with me to 1 Corinthians and we're going to the second chapter. I'm turning there with you. 2 Corinthians excuse me, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. We are almost there. I'm like literally a page away. Okay, so we're going to read 1 Corinthians 2, 7 through 12. Okay, let's go. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. Now, the only way you can impart something if it has already been released to you. So he's saying we already have something that is secret and hidden. That's only in Christ. Why? Because he's released it to us. And now we are able to impart this wisdom, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Now, God is given this hidden and this secret wisdom and understanding for your glory, for you to advance, for your privilege, for your favor, right? None of the rulers of this age understood this for if they had 
They would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but as, as it is written, listen to this, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the spirit. So as it has been previously written, what no eye has seen, nor the ear heard, and it didn't even enter into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for his people. Amen. For us as individuals, for us as um, collectively, right? But listen to this. These things God has revealed to us through his spirit. God has made known what was previously hidden, what had not entered into the hearts of his prophets. God has made it known unto you specifically through his spirit. God has revealed it to you. Listen to this, because it's his spirit who searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. No, you, no one knows you better or no one knows what's going on in your head better than your own spirit. Amen. Our thoughts are spiritual just because they're not heard in this natural realm. That does not mean they're not heard in the realm of the spirit. Nothing in that sense is cloaked in the, the realm of the spirit as far as communication. This is what people would call or consider telepathic communication, where you can communicate with what we would conceive as the mind. But let's just say the spirit world is not limited in this communication to this thing called a mouth. Amen. The spirit realm can communicate mysteries without opening the mouth. The spirit in you knows you. You know what you think. Even if on the outside, you can look like you're not thinking it, look like you don't have those desires, look like you don't have those ways about you in the realm of the spirit. It is abundantly clear. That's why for many of us, the enemy knows where to attack us and where to hit us because he knows our weak spots because those things are not as cloaked as we would want them to be in the spirit. Now we can be covered from the attacks, but a lot of the things that go on with us are very visible in the realm of the spirit. Think about what scripture says in Hebrews 4 and 13. That we are all naked and open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God can see it all because he's in the spirit, just like your thoughts. So listen to this. No one comprehends the thoughts of God except who? The spirit of God. God's spirit knows his thoughts. God's spirit knows his intentions. God's spirit knows his will. Amen. Amen. And his spirit is speaking and revealing the will of God and the mind of God to those people who are connected to him. Amen. Who is connected to the spirit. The spirit of God is revealing the mind of God. So if you need guidance, you need to be seeking the spirit of God. If you need understanding about what's going to happen or what is happening, you need to be seeking the spirit of God. If you need strategy, you need to be speaking to the spirit of the living God. Why? Because he knows the will of God. Amen. Verse 12 says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, not the spirit that keeps us blind, not the spirit that needs to go to psychics and mediums, not the spirits that need uh, the tarot card readings and the palm readings. No, no, no. We have not received that spirit. 
we receive the spirit who is from God that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. A lot of the problems and a lot of the shortcomings of who we perceive to be the church today is because we don't understand the things freely given to us by God. That's it right there. We don't understand the things that have been freely given to us by God. A strong prayer life, a consistent prayer life, a sincere prayer life will give you the understanding that you need of everything the spirit of God is ready to reveal. And that's why we see some people, they have these, this different type of insight and they say, we say, well, the Lord sure tells them a lot. Well, they are in prayer. They know how to connect to the Lord and the spirit, not just in the prayer closet, but while they are washing the dishes, while they are upon their bed in the name of Jesus, it doesn't even have to be that long two hour prayer. It can just be the fact that sometimes at certain points throughout their day, they'll just take a few minutes and talk to the Lord just to get in his presence. Maybe they'll take some time and just bow on their knees and begin to speak to him. They will understand the things freely given to us by God. Amen. Amen. Glory to the name of the Lord. Turn with me to Job. We are going to the book of Job and we are going to the 32nd chapter of Job. So we're going to Job chapter 37. Let me get there with y'all. Job chapter 37. Nope. Excuse me. Chapter 32. <laughs> I apologize y'all. Job chapter 32. And we're doing, we're going to start at verse seven. So Job 32 verse seven, I said, let days speak and many years teach wisdom, right? So he said, you know what I'm saying with life comes wisdom. Okay. So let the days teach me, let the years harbor and foster wisdom within my life. Verse eight says this, but it is the spirit in man the breath of the almighty that makes him understand. Whoa. It is not the old who are wise, nor the age who understand what is right. Come on. It's those who have the spirit of God. The spirit of God is what gives you understanding. It's not about your age. It's not even about your years of experience. God himself is the one who imparts the understanding. I'm going to say it again. Job 37 and eight, I said, let days speak and many years teach wisdom. And this is the way we think. This is the way we perceive. This is how we understand that wisdom comes with time. And in the natural sense, yes, that's true. But we are not natural people. We are a royal priesthood in a holy nation. We have been adopted by the living God. So you can be 12 years old. Hello, somebody, Jesus. And you can have more understanding than olders, what, uh, older people. What does the Bible say in Psalm 119? I understand more than my teachers and I understand more than the ancients. Why? Because I have hearkened myself to your word. I have allowed your word to be the thing that, that imparts into me, right? It's not about the age. It's about your connection to the spirit of the living God. I said, let days speak in many years, teach wisdom, but it is the spirit in man, the breath of the almighty that makes him understand. Doesn't matter what you go through. That's why you can see some people who will go through the same thing over and over and over. And you say, what? 
You didn't learn yet. Listen, unless the spirit of God gives you understanding, you won't learn. Don't matter what you go through. Doesn't matter how often you go through it. If you don't seek the spirit of the living God or the spirit of God in his mercy does not open the understanding to you, you won't get it. We get our understanding, our guidance, our strategy, not through years, not because of past experiences, because how many times has it been said to us? Don't allow your past to dictate your future. We get our guidance, understanding strategy, momentum, and, and, um, wisdom to go forward from the spirit of the living God when we seek his face in prayer. So some people may get it from their past experiences, but we can't limit God to what happened to us in the past. We have to be willing to move forward with him into whatever he has for us next in the name of Jesus. So we are praying for understanding, for guidance and for strategy. What happened when Elijah prayed for the rain to come? He sent his servant back seven times. He was praying during this time. And what was God doing? God was guiding him and giving him strategy. And he said, keep going. Doesn't matter if the last time you didn't see anything. I'm giving you this strategy. I'm telling you do it again. And then I'm going to tell you to do it again and do it again. We have to have faith as we are seeking the Lord for those things that we need understanding in. And even if it doesn't make sense to us, we have to trust that God is not going to guide us in the wrong direction. We have this, this propensity to kind of put him in this box that says he is far away, but God is with you. You remember Emmanuel, God with us. God is actually with you. He's speaking to you. He's given you understanding. He's given you strategy. And one thing that I truly believe as Christians, and I can't say it's everybody, but I know it's some people and it definitely has been me. And when we hear from God and we say, I don't know, as though God doesn't speak to us as though he loved Moses more than he loves you as though he loved David more than he loved you. He loves you as though he loved um, Paul more than, more than he currently loves you. Absolutely not. The same spirit who spoke to them is the same spirit who lives in you. You just have to seek him and know that yes, he's speaking to you. Yes. He's not going to speak to you in a riddle in this regard. He's speaking to you. Clearly he's giving you understanding. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and upbraids not. God is going to release it to you. Glory to the name of the Lord. Turn with me to James, the fifth chapter, James chapter five. And we're going into the fourth reason we pray. The fourth reason we pray. James chapter five. And we are going to start at verse 14. Amen. James five, verse 14. And it says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. I'll go a little further. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Fourth reason we pray for healing. If you need healing, 
Yes, you can go to the Lord in prayer. Sometimes God will use various means to heal you. But all healing absolutely 100% comes from God. And I know this may be controversial to say, but um, I heard a personal story. This is not something I saw on TV of a man who had back problems and the Lord was telling him um, what to do. The man was not actually believing. He was hearing from the Lord. He was ignoring it, taking it um, lightly. And this man had these severe issues in um, his body. And one day he fell down the stairs and um, he went into the hospital. He needed to have um, spinal surgery. Okay. After that, he went into the hospital and it was found that he needed spinal surgery. It just so happened that day that the top spine expert from the region, whoever it was, was at the hospital. So there was a doctor there who operated on him. <clears throat> this doctor operated for 12 hours. The spinal expert gave up. The spine expert gave up. The doctor doing the operation said, I am not going to stop. I'm going to tell you why the doctor said he wasn't, he wouldn't stop. He said, because the Holy spirit kept telling him exactly what to do. And although it was a 12 hour operation, that man walks around today, completely healed because the Holy spirit used the hands and the minds of a medical professional to warrant and foster that healing in that man's body. Okay. The man said the Holy spirit told him what piece of bone to connect to the next, what to do, what to, what, where to put what plate and all of that stuff. He told him exactly what to do because nobody knew what to do because it looked just that bad. Okay. It was just that deep, that man's situation, but the hand of God upon his servant in that operating room brought healing into that man's body. Amen. God will bring healing by various means. Okay. Glory to God. So we can pray to God for healing. And I'm not saying that means that we're supposed to be bound to medicine or anything like that. I said, God brings healing through various means. I don't believe that medicine is a way of healing. I believe it's more of a treatment. We want healing. Healing comes from the Lord. If you need healing, you pray to God. And what did we just learn? He'll give you understanding. He'll give you guidance and he will give you strategy as to what to do concerning your specific individual issue. Okay. If you need healing, you have every right to pray for that healing. Actually, according to scripture, if you are sick or in need of healing, you are supposed to pray. He says, this is the question. Is any among you sick? Here's the response. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord? Jesus. Hallelujah. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Now the people may be doing the praying, but it's the Lord who raises the person who was sick up. If you are in need of healing, you are supposed to pray period. You're supposed to pray. You're supposed to ask for prayer. Uh, call the prayer warriors, call, call your, your church members, your family members, whoever, you know, who can get a prayer through, call them for healing. Say, listen, I need you to touch and agree with me right now that this thing is going to go away, that this sickness is going to go away. And guess what? 
you confess your sins too. You humble yourself. You confess your sins. Why? Because if we confess our sins, then God is faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. And sometimes that unrighteousness harbors sickness in our bodies. So they're saying, listen, you, if you're sick, call for the elders, let them pray for you, but you have to confess your sins one to another. Why? So that you can pray for one another and be healed. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Yes. It's a direct correlation sometimes between the things that we do. Oh my goodness. And the sickness that enters into our body. And so sometimes we don't even understand and we have to really seek the Lord in prayer and say, God, why is this sickness still happening to me? And what do you want me to do about it? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God will lead you. He will direct you and he will give you the understanding that you need because God wants you to be healed. Okay. He, he went through a lot so that you can say, and by his stripes, I was healed. Hallelujah. And now you need to push everything out of the way that would um, come in between you and what was already established for your body through the cross of Jesus Christ. You need to pray and you need to access that thing. You need to find out, hey, what is it that may be getting in the way of my healing? Is it my lack of faith or just me not being knowledgeable in what I have access to when I pray? Glory to God. If you're praying for it, hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. You have faith in what you are praying for. Amen. 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 All right, let's do this. We're going into the fifth reason why we pray. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. This is the fifth reason we pray. Luke 18. I'm going to start reading. Come on here. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. Now, I just want to pause right there because I have um, more recently been following the news in certain areas. And when you do that, sometimes you come across the same judges and, you know, the same sheriffs and things like that. I want you to know that there is nothing that can put a whole damper on your situation that is um, greater than in this natural means when it comes to needing justice from the judicial system than a judge who does not fear God or respect people. I want you to think about the fact that a judge is put in place to set order among people. So now think about how deep it is that Jesus says, not only does this judge not fear God, meaning he's immoral and allows all types of injustices to take place that are against righteousness. This judge doesn't respect man. That means he just does not care. Whatever he wants to do, that's what he's going to do. It doesn't matter who gets hurt by it. Doesn't It doesn't matter. He's going to do whatever he wants. He doesn't fear God and he doesn't even respect people. He's been put in a place of leadership, uh, a place of honor among people, but he doesn't even respect them. We see a lot of that in our judicial system today. And that's why there's so much crime and injustice in our cities, because the judges who are supposed to bring justice to the, the citizens in that city and supposed to bring the the um, the the people who commit the crimes to justice themselves. They don't do it. They don't care. They don't respect the citizens of that city. 
They don't have the fear of God. Come on here. Okay, let's go. We're at verse three. And there was a widow in that city. I want y'all to think, I see Chicago's news a lot. I want us to think about Chicago. There are judges out there who literally know that people are committing crimes, um, you know, as bad as murder and car theft and things of that nature, have firearms, of course, that are illegal. And they let these people go onto the street without any prosecution, without any sentences, without any judgment. They don't execute judgment. They don't respect people. They don't respect the citizens of that city. Imagine this with one of those unjust judges that are currently um, sitting in that place of honor, that there is a widow in that city who keeps coming to them and saying, give me justice against my adversary. Now listen to what Jesus says. He says, now for a little while, for a while, he refused. He was able to refuse and resist for a certain amount of time. But it says, but afterward, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. How deep is that, beloved? That a person who has allowed unrighteousness and injustice to spread contagiously throughout a city, a person who has not cared about the welfare and the well-being of the citizens, who knows that people are getting shot and killed and, 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 and raped and their things are being stolen from them and people are going missing and, and murders are being committed and drugs are being sold and illegal guns are all over the streets. Imagine that type of judge saying, okay, this person who I don't respect is so persistent that I am just going to give her the justice she's asking for. Jesus says, this is what would happen with an unjust judge. Listen to what he says in verse six. And the Lord says, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is why we need to be in prayer. Do you hear me? This is why we need to be in prayer because there are some things that we need. And listen, we can be praying, but I'm just going to give you this understanding that when we fast, we are literally humiliating ourselves, starving ourselves, humbling ourselves, denying ourselves. And we're crying out to God saying, I don't want to eat. I would rather starve and get the things that I'm beseeching you for than eat and be comfortable. I would rather have the things that I am beseeching heaven for than my necessary food. I am putting my body on your altar and I am humbling myself all the way down. This is my reasonable service. And I'm asking you for something. I need you to release it. Hallelujah. This is why we pray. Listen to point five, why we pray to release supernatural acts to gain results, which cannot be harbored through natural means. Listen to this y'all. If the widow could have gotten it done herself, do you think she would have kept asking the judge to do it for her? Absolutely not. She kept going to him because she knew he was the only one that could do it for her. And for us, 
in many of our situations, we have to keep going to God because he's the only one who can do it for us. And when we know how to approach him, God says he is a God of justice. Come on. We know that he loves us. The judge don't even respect people. God loves us and God loves judgment. God loves justice. He will answer and he will make haste to perform it. He will He will answer with speed. Hallelujah. If you cry out to him day and night. So we are praying. One other reason why we pray. This is point five. Because we want to release supernatural acts. There are some things we can accomplish in our own power. There are some things and situations that are beyond us. There's a, a scripture where the psalmist says, deliver me from my enemies that are too strong for me. God, this situation is becoming very heavy. I need your hand upon this right now in the name of Jesus. Okay. I need you to do what I cannot. So I'm praying because this situation has to be placed in your hands. I'm going to keep praying until I see you release the supernatural acts that are beyond my natural ability to get. I need you to get these results for me. I need you to release these things for me. I need you to turn this situation around for me. I need you to help me in this way. I need you to do it for me because I cannot do it on my own. Hallelujah. How many of us have encountered things where we said, you know what, God, hands free. My hands are up. You have to do this, Jesus, because I can't. And let me tell you something. If you want it, the Bible says that the unjust judge was able to resist her for a little while and say, okay, yeah, I hear her. It don't matter. But there came a point where he says, no, I'm going to give her what she wants because she will beat me down if this, if she keeps coming. She's going to break me down and wear me out. And I'm not going to let her do that. I'm just going to give her what she wants. This is the unjust judge who doesn't even respect her. God is your father and he loves you. What would ever stop you from praying and believing that God is going to do what you you're asking him to do? Keep on asking him. Hallelujah. And God is going to do it in that right early because he's faithful and he's holy and he's perfecting things. And as he does it, God... You can pray and say, God, do it with haste. Do it with speed in the name of Jesus. I am waiting upon you. And we thank the Lord and we bless his holy name. Hallelujah for this lesson, God. You're so good. And we just thank you, Lord, for teaching us what we have access to through prayer, teaching us why we pray. Hallelujah. And we know some of these um these reasons. I just wanted to give you some scripture behind it, give you some context behind it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So now, since you've heard it, you should have more faith. Glory to the name of the Lord. When you go to pray for whatever it is that you're praying for, because you have more understanding to what you have access to and to why you're praying. Okay. Sometimes we feel guilty for going into prayer and asking God for something. Absolutely not. You ask God for what it is that you want and ask him for what you need. Ask him for what's been on your mind and he will do exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Hallelujah. So I'm just going to recapitulate these five points to the first reason we pray to route, cancel and halt the plans of the enemy. Whatever the enemy has planned against you, you can stop it from happening through prayer. Whatever the enemy has planned against your children, 
your household, your family, your finances. You can stop it from happening through prayer. Point two, we pray to turn the hands of God's judgment. Glory to the name of the Lord. We pray to turn the hands of God's judgment. God may have pronounced it and you may be a great person, but let me tell you something. Some of us will find ourselves in situations that only God can get us out of. It's not going to be our righteousness. It's not going to be our works. It's not going to be our ministries. It's not going to be how um, holy we perceive ourselves to be. It's only going to be God's grace and sovereignty that will overturn some things that have been, um, you know, uh, sentenced against us or declared against us as Isaiah had declared this thing by the spirit of the living God against Hezekiah. The third point, the third reason we pray is for understanding guidance and strategy. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and he does not upbraid what he's giving and how he releases it. God will give it to you. If you don't have understanding, if you don't know what to do in a situation, if you don't understand what's going to happen next, if you need guidance and how to handle a particular situation or relationship, you have to go to the Lord and seek his face in prayer and he will give it to you. The fourth reason we pray is for healing. God wants us to pray when we encounter sicknesses so that God can foster and bring that healing into our lives. However, he chooses to bring it into our lives. The fifth point for this lesson is we pray to release supernatural acts and to gain results, which cannot be harbored through natural means. Hallelujah. You can't turn anybody's heart through your own strength and your own natural means. The Bible tells us that the king's heart is in the hands of God. And just like the streams, he turns his heart whithersoever he listeth. God can turn a person's heart however he wants to. What you have to do is go to the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. And ask him to do that. <laughs> okay. You have to ask him, God, please turn the heart of my boss. Turn the heart of, you know, my parent. Turn the heart of this one. Or turn the heart of that one. Turn the heart of my husband. Turn the heart of my wife. Glory to God. And God can absolutely do that for you. But we have to pray. Amen. We absolutely have to be praying to God for what it is that we want. And listen to what it says. I'm going to read the scripture. It's Proverbs 21 and 1. And it says, the king's heart is a water, is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. I want us to remember that during our, our next job interview. Listen to this. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. And that's Proverbs 21 and 1. And I've um, come to memorize the KJV version. This is the ESV version. But it's something that I absolutely memorize because sometimes we need God to change people's heart because we want to live in peace with everyone. Hallelujah. So if we pray, God says, I'm the king of kings. Yes, I can turn a king's heart, the mightiest, the most noble, the, the head, the one with the highest position. I can turn their heart. Okay. And we want to access that heart turning through prayer. That's the righteous way to get things done. Okay. Not by any other means, but through prayer. And we let God do it. Hallelujah. We take our hands off Hallelujah. We don't want to operate in the wrong mindset. We have to allow God to do it, but you can absolutely pray and say, Lord, turn their hearts. The Bible says that their heart is like a stream of water in your hand and you can turn it and you do turn it however you will. Okay. So turn their heart 
in favor of this situation. Give me favor. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to know I have absolutely prayed it. And let me tell you something. I'll get my favor too because I want it. I want my favor. The Bible says that God daily loads us with benefits. Let me tell y'all something. I have gone to a restaurant and gotten free food multiple times. Let me tell y'all something. I do not. I thank the Lord for it. It has happened at random, but that is favor right there. And ain't nothing wrong with you saying before you step out, Lord, give me favor when I go to this restaurant. Give me favor when I go to this bank. Give me favor when I go into this church. Give me favor when I go into this job. Give me favor when I go on this date. Give me favor when I go shopping. Ask the Lord to do it. He loads you with benefits. Ask him to release those benefits because the Bible says he gives you those benefits daily. Hallelujah. So I pray that you are encouraged to pray and I pray that you have a, a higher understanding of why you're praying and what you have access to through prayer. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you, encompass you as you go through this earth, accomplishing the perfect will of God for your life and in the lives of those connected to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you cover each one of my siblings with your blood in the name of Jesus. And I pray that this word is imparted deeply into them and that it changes their prayer lives forever, God. May your blood be upon them. May your grace be upon them in the name of Jesus. When you call to them, Father, in Jesus' name, may they answer you and may they see those great and mighty things, those great and hidden things that they had not previously known. Grant them the guidance, the wisdom, the understanding, the strategy, the supernatural release, the healing, and everything else that they need from you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We honor you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I'll tell you another story really quickly about favor. A sister in the Lord um, contacted me and let me know that she um, you know, was going through her birthing process and that she asked the doctor prior to it to allow her to pray over the medicine that they would put in her body. And the doctor said, that is fine. Okay. So we don't even understand that God will give you favor with people, unusual favor. Hallelujah. In all kinds of situations, let God be God and go ahead on and follow his lead. I love you. God bless you and stay encouraged in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you.